This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Business Radio Black Friday Special. I'm Barbara Kahn here with Dave Reepson, and we've been talking to some retailers about how they plan to offer heavy discounts on particular products to drive traffic to their stores and online. So we thought it would be interesting now to take a look at how these discounts impact the brands themselves. Joining us in this discussion is Marissa Tartleton, who's the CMO of Retail Me Not, and they've commissioned a study on this very topic. Hello, Marissa. Hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So let's go pedal it back a little bit and tell me what it means to be the CMO of Retail Me Not. What's Retail Me Not? Sure, yeah. Well, Retail Me Not is a savings destination that connects consumers with discounts, deals, and coupons on basically all of their shopping needs. Uh, we started it as a mostly a website, driving online discounts and deals to every major retailer in the United States. Um, and over the last four or five years, we've also built up a pretty big app that helps drive in-store discounts. So think of us as a, as a savings companion for the shopper. And as you can imagine, Black Friday and Cyber Monday is a really big huge area for, for you. So, um, what's your revenue model? Who pays you, or the ba- the brands pay you for for this service? Or exactly, retailers and brands pay us for access to a very high intent shopper that's already on our website and in our app. And it's a very price sensitive shopper. That well, it's not necessarily price sensitive. It's a consumer that likes to not necessarily pay full price, so they're buying a lot of things. <laughs> Those are pretty similar. <laughs> Okay, we'll take your difference. There's a difference between cheap and looking for a great deal. Okay. Um, And and over 75% of consumers are actually looking for a great deal or discount before they buy. So it's a really helpful promotional tool for retailers to think about that discount or promotion as they go into a period of time like this one. So, like, thinking about discounts and promotions is kind of the antithesis of building brands. So is is the purpose of this study uh, to find out how these discounts affect brand equity? No, not necessarily. And I I actually think that, you know, there is some debate about the role of discounts and coupons on brands, but there's more and more interesting ways to offer an incentive or a promotion to a consumer that does not have an impact on the brand in a negative way. Cashback can do that, get a free offer with a purchase, even a, a gift card with purchase. Think about promotions a little bit more broadly, and that's the space we're in. We're not just a coupon company. We're one that provides promotions and incentives for consumers as a way to get them over the hump. And most consumers need that as a way to differentiate when they're out and about buying you know, hundreds of, th- hundreds of dollars around the um, holiday period. So you're giving them a reason, a tangible reason to buy this product over another product. It's not necessarily a price discount, but it's in that kind of short-term hit idea. That's correct. So, okay, so you ran this study. So what exactly was the study? Was the sampling? Who did you sample? What was the purpose of the study? And what'd you find? Uh, sure. First, yeah. <laughs> Get to the findings. But first I want to see if I'm going to believe you. <laughs> so there's a few things we do, especially going into the holidays. One, we have access to a tremendous amount of first-party data that looks historically at what consumers want to buy and what they actually purchase during the holiday period of time. So we have a sense of what type of promotions retailers are using and how consumers engage with them. We also then do our own um, survey data that goes to actually specifically look at how much consumers plan to spend, where they plan to spend it, and what influences their shopping behavior during that period of time. So there's a few things that we're That sounds pretty interesting. (laughs) I I would think this is valuable for all the retailers. So you're providing this study to the retailers who want to know the answer to those questions? 
So we do it so for our own marketing, but also as a value add to our retail partners so that they can get super smart going into the holiday period of time. So a few interesting things that we've learned um, that, that I thought I'd share. One is that there's almost no stop between back to school and holiday anymore. Wow. So it, I mean, we, there's actually we two months between those two things. So that's like really a big statement. That's right. So you see back to school go all the way through September. You have a, a maybe a very brief hiatus, but most consumers are out and about starting to think about the holidays in October. Got am I behind book? <laughs> well, especially in categories like home and garden, right, and holiday planning. Um, so it's, it's fascinating. Black Friday is no longer about electronics. Um, and just clothing, it really applies to all categories. So one of the fascinating things is you actually have to be out there in October as consumers start to think about what they're buying. And 60% of consumers are actually starting to shop before November 1st. So October oh is gosh. a very relevant month. Wow. Um, one of the other things we're finding is that mobile is playing a more and more significant role. So not only with millennials actually shopping on their mobile device, but consumers using mobile devices while they're in a store to price compare. So one of the interesting phenomenons for retailers and brands to think about is how can they access a consumer on their mobile device with personal information and offers to help them drive a purchase actually in a store. So, so that how, connection between mobile and in-store. For that purpose, how important is it for the store, the retailer, to get the consumer to log into their particular app? It's, it, so it's fascinating. Most consumers don't have more than nine to ten apps that they use on a regular basis, but most consumers will also s gladly give you their information and their phone number if you will give them relevant offers and discounts specific to them while they're out and about shopping. So. You can use your own app to do that, but you can also use a third-party app. Obviously, Retail Me Not is one. Ah. Um, we, we have over 20 million monthly um, active users, so we already have an audience. So for a smaller brand or retailer who may not have a large audience in their app, they partner with companies such as ours for access to our audience while they're out in the mall shopping. Aha, uh -huh, so now I get it. So when they're in the store, they're logged into your app to get those deals, and that's another service you're offering to the retailers and brands. That's correct. So over 60% of our audience has, has given us um, their location information. They've opted in. So we can provide personalized information to them as they're out and about shopping. They've already told us what retailers they love. We already know where they are because they've given us that information. It's not something we track. It's opted in. Um, and that allows us to be highly relevant and promotional, especially on a day like Black Friday. That's so, really so interesting. So if I'm in, in Macy's, will you send me an Old Navy uh, discount? To sort of uh, that would give me an appeal to maybe not buy while I'm in Macy's. Oh, that's a great question. It's something we are able to do. We don't always right. do it uh, because we, Macy's is a very valuable customer of ours. Um, yeah, I could see they'd be a little pissed off with yeah. that. <laughs> we have the ability, um, and if I know you love Macy's and you love Old Navy, what I will likely do is as you walk into that mall, I'll provide you with relevant offers at all of your favorite stores as you walk in. And oh, by the way, it's not just food, or not just retail, it's also food um, and dining options that are available at the mall to you based on what you've said like. So, so ideally, you would not do it with any ones that are, are currently your partners. But if you're in some other store, we really want to be serving you our app to get out of that store and go in now that we know that you're busily shopping for that microwave oven or whatever it is. 
It's possible, and it's something we have we've tested absolutely for for stores um, that are not currently partners of ours. So it's interesting because it puts the level of competition at a different layer. So now you're competing app to app, the partner. And I think one of the words people talk about this is platform marketing. So like what Dave is alluding to, you've got a bunch of partners on your platform, and maybe you're trying to you know make them the the most business and most money, but there are some people that are not on your platform and you might be competing against them, which suggests there's also other types of apps. People may take your app for promotions. There may be a luxury app that consolidates different kinds of luxury brands or something like that. And so the level of uh, the competition has changed to this app level. Would you say that characterizes a difference in the shopping environment now? Absolutely. I think the way consumers are using apps and, and specifically price comparing on their mobile device while they're in store has totally changed the game of personalization and mobile content. So again, over 70% of consumers say they will not actually close a deal and purchase unless they feel like they're getting a great discount or deal in some way. So price comparison on a mobile device is the number one competitive edge. And if it's personal and unique to where you physically are standing and what you like, even better. Wow. So the majority of people today are looking at uh, at apps and prices when they're in a store? And, it's, and, not just, and, it's not only apps. In some cases, they might actually be on Amazon, right, sure. and, and looking at a variety of different places there. They might be in a Walmart and actually pull up a Walmart website to see if there's a way to actually not bring it home but buy it um, online, and maybe there's a different price price option on the website. The reason why that's really important is, and I think you may have talked about this in the Best Buy conversation, retailers need to be thinking about their in-store and their online strategies as one cohesive omni-channel right. pricing solution because that's how their consumers are shopping. Right, right. So, so what were some of the other... Oh, no, yeah. I, I was just curious. Did you have that number of what percent of, the, of shoppers are actually doing that, doing that price comparison while they're in the store? It's upwards of 60%. Wow. Am I behind the times? <laughs> are, I am missing I these discounts. I can't believe it. I better go shopping. America doesn't go shopping either. Well, <laughs> but think about in particular during the, the, the next four weeks, right? The, these next four weeks are the critical periods for anybody in the retail space, really across all categories. And so specifically during that period of time, price competition and price comparison is a game changer um, and can actually make or break the season for a retailer. So what were some of the other findings that you can share with us? Yeah, so deals are important. Um, it's starting much earlier than we expected. I think one thing that's really interesting is this investment in in-store. So most retailers are concerned about Amazon and how they, how they compete, right? And what, one of the things we're finding is retailers are investing more and more in their stores as a way to differentiate yep. because 70 to 80% plus of, of shopping still happens in a store right. and in-store experiences are so significant and important, especially during this period of time, that we're seeing retailers invest in stores in significant ways. And that's not just tech and personalization and location. It's things like events. It's fashion shows. Right, right. It's influencers and celebrities at the target um, to drive foot traffic and differentiation. And um, so I am so excited to see what happens there. Um, we are also seeing a fascinating thing happening in the toy space. Yep, um, with the with the um, departure of Toys R Us um, from that business, and the desire for most consumers to actually still go into a store for toys, we're watching um, the likes of Target, Walmart, and Amazon vie for that 
multi-million, billion-dollar business in toys over the next couple of weeks. We with heard, Best Buy, we heard Best Buy yeah, is Best doing Buy the same thing, too. too. So, I like, mean, nobody is. I feel, I feel like it's everybody going after it. You know, what's interesting, though, you're talking about the stores. What I would argue is some stores are fantastic and other stores, I can't wait till they close, like Sears or Jason. No offense to those guys out there. But. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think what's happening is the stores that are getting it right are really getting it right. And the That's stores right. that are not getting it right are going to eventually close. So you're really seeing the bar being raised for what's a That's good right. in-store experience. That's right. I mean, consumers love the store. And I think how the store has changed, it's long overdue. Look at what Restoration is Hardware hardware do, is doing. You, you can't even buy anything in that store. It's an Uber Showrooming. experience. Yeah. Um, and even in the restaurant space with like Italy, you, you can see that experience Absolutely. is number one. And retailers that are not keeping up with that in the store are, are ones that are really struggling. But it's really exciting to see because I'm still one that loves to go into a store and have a little fun. I don't want to just transact. I want to explore. I want to learn something new. I want to touch and feel. I want to meet people. So what do you think about this trend towards showrooming? I mean, showrooms like Bonobos or something. So one of the things, you know, of course, Bonobos is, is historically a guide shop. They don't really have inventory. And one of the reasons I read that they did it that way is because Bonobos's claim is that they can fit better than anybody else, so they have all different sizes. And to stock the inventory on stocking that all the time with all that different sizes would be horrendous. So they moved to the showroom model. You go into the physical store, touch and feel, but then you order online. Are you seeing that in general in other these in other stores happening? Yeah, I think inventory and fulfillment, especially during this period of time in the season, is a problem for any retailer. If there's high cost for them to have a great deal of inventory um, in, a, in a space that's costing them more and more. So you're, what you're seeing is this trend towards smaller footprint, um, more showroom type of models, but then most consumers are perfectly happy to buy it from there because they know that in most cases you can get free second-day shipping. Right, and now Amazon retailers. does up that game. Announcing right. free shipping so, to everyone. Yeah. But, I mean, consumers still value immediacy, and that's very much true for millennials. But free shipping and even free second-day shipping is now table stakes. Um, and so it allows a retailer to be more cost-effective in their footprint as well as in their inventory and how they fulfill. So I, I think you'll continue to see that trend. Amazing. Marissa Tarleton, thank you so much for coming with us, coming on the show with us. And if you want to find out more about Marissa at RetailMeNot.com, um, go there or follow them on Twitter at RetailMeNot. So thanks again, Marissa. This is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.